Welcome to Crosspoint Community Church. We meet every Sunday exploring the practical, transforming, and relevant teaching of the Bible by doing life together. Visit our website at crosspointonline.org to learn more. Now, get ready for a powerful message from God's Word. What's going on, Facebook Live family? So good to see y'all. Uh, God bless you and your families this morning. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, you all look amazing. Uh, you look lovely. Uh, good morning. Um, God is good. He is faithful. He is kind. He is slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. And I'm just so grateful to have the opportunity to share his word with you um, that will fill, I'm praying, that will fill your heart, that will fill your soul and enrich your life this morning. All right, so we're going to be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to read the whole thing. And, um, you know, not a lot of pastors talk about the struggle of, of preaching, but, you know, it is spiritual warfare as we go into digging the scriptures and finding how the Lord wants us to preach, what he wants us to say. And it is spiritual warfare, but I believe the Holy Spirit kept bringing me back to 2 Corinthians 4, and so we're going to go through it. And so uh, crack your Bibles open, and uh, we're going to go through it and allow the Lord to love on you and to reveal his truth to you in this time. Father, you are amazing. You're awesome. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for your Holy Spirit that is here with us. God, we thank you, Lord, for your love that is uh, never changing, never ending, God. And we just give you this time, Lord. This is about you and your Holy Spirit and what you are doing in our lives and on the earth. We love you so much, Daddy, and we give you all the praise. And we pray. Amen. All right. Second Corinthians 4, it says, therefore, since we have this ministry, um, you've heard many times from Pastor Mike, when you see the word, therefore, you got to see why it is therefore, right? You got to know why that word is therefore. So Paul in the previous chapter is talking about uh, ministries. He's talking about two different ministries. He's talking about the ministry of death and the ministry of the spirit. And the ministry of death is of the law. And it brings death because we cannot, as people, uh, obey every single law and commandment there is. And so that ministry of death, ministry of the law brings death. But the ministry of the spirit brings life. And that ministry of the spirit is what God has given to each and every one of us. And that ministry of the spirit is the ministry of reconciliation, right? So Paul explains further what that means in the next chapter, uh, chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians uh, 17 or 18. He says, now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. So God reconciled our relationship. Our relationship was broken. There was no relationship. We were separated from him because of sin, but God reconciled the relationship so we can have him with him through his son, Jesus. So reconciled himself through Christ and gave us, after he reconciled our relationship, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God was in Christ as he was on this earth, reconciling, making the relationships right. The people who thought there was no hope in the time that he walked on the earth, he reconciled the relationship back to the Father. Namely, that God was reconciling the world to himself. And how did he do it? By not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So God has given to us after he has uh, reconciled our relationship and has brought us closer to himself through his son, he's given to us a ministry that is within us. And so going on uh, back to 2 Corinthians 4, it says, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, 
we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. So, but um, we're going to go to the next verse there. Sorry about that. Next verse two, and it says this, rather we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So Jesus talks about the entrance into the kingdom. And when he talks about the entrance into the kingdom is a narrow gate. It's a narrow gate. And there is another gate that is wide. And everybody's going down that direction. Everybody's going down to this broad gate that's wider, but that gate leads to destruction. And Jesus is talking about this narrow gate. Not only is it narrow, but the way is difficult. And he said, few find it. And on this, on the journey, on the way to this gate, we will come across false teachers. We will come across false prophets. And so Paul is saying, hey, we're not doing that. We are not these people who are distorting the word of God. We're not out here literally um, trying to gain profit from teaching God's word. And like I said, I appreciate Pastor Mike so much as he is diligent in scripture and studies the word of God and breaks it down clearly for us. And Paul is saying, we're not these type of people who distort the word of God, but we preach it plainly and clearly. The reality is uh, we are living in, in a time right now where it is so imperative for us to really know and understand the word of God as much as we can, because there is, I mean, there is division about every and anything, right? Wear, wear masks, don't wear masks. Let's gather for church, don't gather for church. You know, uh, get vaccinations, don't ever get vaccinations, right? So there's, there is division about everything in life right now. And we need the word of God to be the absolute source of our lives. Not only that, I, I know that there is a spirit of rebellion that is leading this world right now. And the spirit of rebellion is anti-authority. The spirit of rebellion doesn't want anything to do with authority. And the word of God is the ultimate authority. The word of God is the ultimate and final say-so for our lives. And so people are anti-authority, therefore they're anti-Christ. And so we need the word of God to be at the core of our being. And Paul is saying that we're not doing what these other false teachers are doing out here distorting the word of God. We are preaching the truth plainly. And so we praise God for uh, giving us Pastor Mike who teaches the word uh, clearly and plainly to us. Verse three, he says, and if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case, the lowercase g, God of this world, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Behind all the division, behind all the chaos that we're seeing, behind all the confusion, behind all the hatred, we can be sure that the God of this age, Satan, is behind it all. We can be sure that he is the number one culprit behind every single divisive thing that's happening in our nation. Satan is at work. He does not stop. He will love more than anything to trip us up. He would love for us to feel like God is not here. God is not good. He would like us to believe that we are going to fail, that we will never succeed in life. And he, his number one goal 
is like Paul said, is to blind people who do not believe. It's to blind the minds of the unbelieving. That is at the core of, of his, that's the core of his goal, right? And, and so what do we do? What do we do as people who have been reconciled? We have been reconciled to Christ. Thank you, Jesus. God saw that we would be one day his son and his daughter. When we had no concern for Jesus, when we had, when we are looking the complete other way, God saw fit that you would be his child. He said, I want you. And he picked us up from the miry clay. He set our feet on the rock. He claimed us as his. He bought us, blood purchased us, reconciled us, made the relationship right. And then he gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. But what are we to do? that we know that the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. What are we to do? Well, I think the main thing we need to do is to pray, is to pray for the unbelieving, to pray for them that their eyes would be open. Last week, Pastor Mike talked from um, Acts and all that they encountered um, as they were trying to preach the gospel. That was, that was their mission, preach the word of God. And they encountered storms and they encountered hardship and persecution and so many things. And so we're gonna go back to Acts 26, if you can turn there in your Bibles, Acts 26 and Paul, uh, he's making his defense before Agrippa and he's trying to, King Agrippa, um, who was the, the, he was the grandson of, of Herod. And so uh, he's trying to make his case and he's trying to preach the word of God. And then Paul goes on to tell King Agrippa his testimony of why he is doing what he's doing. So I'm reading from Acts 26, uh, verse 14. And this is his testimony. Um, and when he had, I heard a voice saying to me in a Hebrew dialect, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But Get up and stand on your feet. For this purpose, I have appeared to you to appoint you a minister and a witness, not only to the things which you have seen, but also to the things in which I will appear to you, rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. There are so many people who do not know about the forgiveness of our loving father. There are people all around us who do not know the goodness and the grace of our God. And this is why God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation so that people may know his forgiveness People are holding on to uh, their past and their shame and their guilt, but God has forgiven. And so um, the prayer that we can pray is for God to send us. Lord, send me, right? The, Paul knew that God sent him. Lord, send me. Send me to the places, the dark places where people need to hear your truth or people need to hear your light. And when God sends us, it may not be you know what we think. It may not be overseas. It may not be... Um, cross country. It may be in our very home. It may be next door. It may be at a grocery store, but God is, we can ask him to send us. And we, when we go, we are going with the ministry of reconciliation that's inside of us, knowing that we ourselves have been reconciled to our loving father. So verse five, let's continue on here. 
verse 5, 2 Corinthians 4. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For, for Jesus' sake. I'm sorry, I'm reading verse uh, 5 and 6. There we go. Okay, there we go. For God who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. I'm going to read that one more time. Um, For we preach not ourselves. Paul and his, he is not preaching about himself. And this may be the cause and the error of a lot of the false teaching that we see is that it is a preaching about self. Is a preaching about you and all about you and what God is doing. But he's saying we're not preaching ourselves, but we're preaching Jesus as Lord, meaning Jesus as the ruler of our lives. Jesus wants to be in control and absolute uh, control of real life. For, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory, which is displayed in the face of Christ. So that light that he's talking about is the knowledge of God. That light is the knowledge of who God is. And there is a false light that is in the world. And people might see that that light as enlightenment. The people are in the world. They might see this light that they're, they're getting some kind of inner light and they're focusing on themselves. Like I have this, um, you know, unknown, supernatural, mystic knowledge. But the light he's talking about is the word of God. All right. Uh, so I just I thought about just an example about uh, trying to illustrate that. And it would be like if you were to come to my house and I would walk you, I would walk you inside my house. But it is dark outside and all the lights, all the lights are cut off. There's been a power outage in the whole block and all the lights are cut off. And I invite you to come into my house and I say, let's go inside really quick. I need to grab some things. I know where I'm going. I've been to inside this house many times. I've walked through the kitchen in the living room. I know what couches to go around. I know what tables to avoid. But if you were to walk behind me, you'd be hitting your foot on the fridge. You'll be knocking over stuff on the table. You'll be jumping on the, you would not know where to go. And so I have, we have the knowledge of the word of God that brings light. And even though it's dark, even though there's darkness around us, we know where to go because God has given us the light of his word. And we have that. And that ministry is within each and every one of us. But the world does not have the knowledge of that light. And they are going to fall on their face because they cannot see where to go. But God has given to you and I a special and privileged gift of his spirit inside of us. All right, we're going to move on to uh, verse 7. Verse seven, all right, but we have this treasure. You and I have this treasure in earthen vessels or in jars of clay so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. Thank you, Jesus. We are but clay. We are but clay molded from dirt. Our lives are but a vapor. We are here today and gone tomorrow. Our lives are so short, and God, we are we are fragile jars of clay that God has poured his beautiful spirit inside of that we can carry. 
He's given to us his ministry of reconciliation. And we are but jars of clay. And we, you know, the, the reality is I can know all there is to know about the Bible. I could have read the Bible front to back for my whole life and known all this stuff. But that is, it's not, it's not my power. It's not my doing. It is the power of God in me. Because let me tell you something, as Pastor Mike prayed today, um, we cannot just be a hearer of God's word. We have to be a doer of God's word. And I know I'm, um, I'm convicted of that, you know, listening to scripture. And I will listen to scripture all day. I love listening to the word of God. I did count this, and don't judge me, but I did count on my phone the other day. There are at least eight apps on my phone where I can hear God's word. Eight apps. Eight, okay? Not two, eight. It's ridiculous, but it's really cool. And I can tell you those eight apps later. But it doesn't matter that I got all this word coming into me. If I'm not doing the word of God, it's for nothing. And if I'm not relying on his power, it doesn't mean anything. And so we, as Pastor Mike said, we got to be doers of his word. And we have his word inside of us because he's given to us his ministry of reconciliation as a gift. Thank you, Jesus. So we have this treasure in earthen vessels, jars of clay, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. And then Paul, the next verse, he talks about um, what he goes through, what he went through uh, as he was trying to bring that, that reconciliation message to the people. He talks about the struggles he's gone through. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if there's anybody that, that's listening this morning on Facebook Live or on Zoom that maybe can relate to some of his struggles that Paul was going through. So Paul says in verse eight, he says, we are afflicted in every way. We are afflicted. Do you feel afflicted? Do you feel like you are pressed on every side? Do you feel like there is opposition around every corner for you? Do you feel like you can't make any headway that you're just kind of hitting a brick wall? Do you feel pressed on every side? Here's the good news. You will not be crushed. Are you perplexed? Paul says, I'm perplexed. Are you at a loss for words? Are you at a loss of what is going on in the world? What is happening? Nobody seems to know what's going on. Nobody has any kind of truth. I, I don't know who to believe. I don't know what to believe. What is going on? Are you perplexed? Which is carrying you to worry and to fear. The good news is that won't drive you to despair. You may be afflicted, but you will not be crushed. You may be perplexed, but you will not be despaired. Are you persecuted? Are you being persecuted? And we know that the persecution that happened in Paul's day is not the same kind of persecution that has hap that has happening right now in America. We know that our brothers and sisters across the country, across the world, are are experiencing uh, per persecution to death. That their lives are on the line every day. That they're trying to spread the gospel, and they're experiencing physical persecution. But you and I will experience different persecution in America. And honestly, right now, I don't think it's a good time for the Church of America. People, uh, yes, we're gathered right now as uh, as a body online. But in this time, it's it, it's a, it's a hard time for the church to be the church right now. And so, uh, persecution comes and will come in a different way for us in America. And maybe it's not maybe it's persecution in your family. Maybe nobody wants to hear what you have to say about God in your family. 
Maybe it's your, your friends. Maybe some of your friends don't want to hear the word of God being preached to them. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's being persecuted. You're trying to be a teacher. And I, I feel so, man, my heart goes out to every single teacher listening. Uh, God bless you. You are in such a hard, hard time right now as you're trying to navigate how to teach in these very, and all these obstacles. How can I teach these children online? You're not sure what, what's going to happen from week to week. How can you be that light right now and in the middle of persecution? But the good news is we will not be abandoned. You may be persecuted, but you will not be abandoned. You will not be forsaken. God is the one with you. The Lord Jesus is the one who is your rock. He's your shield. He's your strength and your song. Lastly, he says, we are struck down. We are struck down. But the good news is we are not destroyed. We are not destroyed. And that is what our, the enemy of our soul will love for us to be. He would love to destroy our lives, right? Jesus tells us that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we will not be destroyed, although we may be struck down. And I don't know if you, if, who you, I don't know what you, you may be feeling hopeless. You may be feeling like, I don't know what's going to happen from day to day. I'm feeling kind of hopeless. I'm feeling kind of perplexed. There's a lot going on that I'm not sure about. I feel kind of pressed on every side. I feel like there's no solution, but we don't have to be in despair. We will not be crushed. We will not be destroyed for God is within us. God is our helper. God is our song and our shield. And he continues that train of thought in verse 10. He says, always caring about in the body, the dying of Jesus. Always caring about in the body, the dying of Jesus. And I'm reading from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 10. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Always caring about. Always caring about. You know, Paul sums up that feeling, what we're going through in Philippians. And he talks about what that means to always be caring about the body of the dying of Jesus so that his life may be seen. That is God's goal. You and I, we have Christ in us and the hope is for his glory to be seen. Christ in us is the hope of glory. And so Jesus is wanting to be seen in your life, but for him to be seen, death has to happen in us. We have to continue to die to ourselves. As Pastor Mike says, we gotta get rid of the stinking thinking. We got to get rid of the things that we so comfortably hang on to, right? And uh, if you want to turn with me to Philippians chapter three, really quick, Philippians three and verse 10, Paul kind of sums up everything we've, we've been talking about so far in these couple uh, verses. He says that I may know him. God say he wants to know God and the power of his resurrection, the power of his resurrection. Some of us need the, to know that power that exists within us, that you have the power of the living God inside of you, the power of his resurrection. And not only that, the fellowship of his sufferings, the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. I love the verse that says, God is faithful in whom you were you, you called into fellowship with his son, Jesus. 
And the fellowship sounds good. It sounds great, you know, that we have fellowship. But every day is not a good day. The reality is every day is not always filled with, with joy and with happiness. We probably have more hard days than we do good days. And so that's why it is a privilege that God has called us into a fellowship of suffering. There's a fellowship of suffering. And I love that about, you know, about Jesus is that he is there with us in our sufferings, that he is near to the brokenhearted, that he's not looking at you like, hey, figure your life out, get it together. I know it's hard, but get it together. You see, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry, they're figuring it out. You need to figure it out too. But he, there's a fellowship of suffering that he's calling us to. And I believe the fellowship of the suffering will increase as this world turns further and further away from Jesus. So God is calling you and I to not only a fellowship where we experience his love and forgiveness, but we experience hardship. But there's good news. Through the hardship, we experience him and we experience transformation. Let's go back to verse 11. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake. And Paul was constantly being delivered over to death. He went through so much persecution. And thank God we have believers, our brothers and sisters across the country and across the world who are experiencing that as an example to know that they are suffering for Christ's sake, for his sake. This is why we do it. This is why we do it. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. Let's go on to verse 13. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. The good news is that Jesus is wanting to present us holy and blameless before the Father. The Bible says that we are the bride of Christ and he is adorning his bride. He is purging us. He is getting rid of anything that is not godly that's in us. He is taking out roots. He is such a perfect gardener, right? I've been learning so much about gardening. Um, we have uh, some uh, beautiful flowers in the front of our uh, house and I've been going out there and water watering them every morning. And honestly, it's kind of crazy. They're growing really fast, right? And uh, we had to dig up the ground at first. And one side of the house was a ton of um, soil. It was good soil, and it was, but it was a bunch of like roots. And then the other side was a bunch of rocks. So it was really weird how like just one, like, I don't know, like 10 feet span um, or 15 feet span, just in two sides, there's one part of it, a bunch of rocks, and the other side is a bunch of like roots. And so we had to get out there and take the roots out of the ground so that we can put in the soil so we can plant uh, those flowers, right? And God is a gardener. He is such a good gardener and he takes his time. There are roots in our lives that have got into us in our minds and our hearts from years ago that he's wanted to deal with right now. There are rocks that are in the way of the seed being going into the ground to grow into him. And he's moving the rocks out of the way. He's moving the roots out of the way so his seed can flourish in that good soil. And so God is a good gardener and he is at work within you. And the good thing is that it's his pleasure. It's God's good pleasure to work in you. He delights in it. He does. Verse 13, 
um, says, but yeah, but having the same spirit, I'm going to read from the uh, screen here for all, yeah, all things for his sakes. I'm sorry to the next one. Yep. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God. So I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. And his, his, his goal is to present us holy and blameless. And then that process takes time. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 15. For all things are for your sakes. So I know I love this verse so much. So that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That is our prayer. Let that be your prayer. That's my prayer, man, is that the grace which is spreading to more and more people. Paul and the disciples had an amazing opportunity to spread the gospel throughout the world. And they saw that grace. They saw that good news spreading to more and more people. And as uh, they saw it spread, it, was, it will cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Let that be our prayer that people all over this nation, people in Marietta, Georgia, people in the entire state will see the grace of God, that they will see how good God is. His goodness brings forth repentance and that it will cause the giving of thanks to abound. Can you imagine going out and you, you're going out to different stores and you're going out to different restaurants and you're hearing testimonies of people coming to Christ and you're hearing many people start to give thanks to God because God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation so that we can be that light. I love that verse so much. Spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. So God's glory can be seen throughout this entire world so that people may see God and glorify him for who he is. Therefore, verse 16, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, our outer man is decaying, yet, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that God is renewing you day by day? Do you believe that you are being renewed to the image of Christ? Do you believe that God is at work within you for his good pleasure to will and to work? God is at work within you. And I know we don't feel it, especially in this time. We don't really feel it. We don't see it. But God is faithful. God is so faithful to you. And he knows you like nobody else knows you. God knows you like nobody else, and he is working in you so that you can become like Christ. We are being renewed day by day. For, verse 17, 2 Corinthians 4, for momentary light affliction. And Paul before that talks about him being afflicted, and now he's saying momentary light affliction. It's momentary it's light. When we are going through it, as Pastor Mike last week talked about the storms of life, as we are going through it, as we are being bat, um, as we are being tossed by the waves, it seems like, as we are struggling, perplexed, not knowing what's going on in this world today, as we have so many thoughts and so many questions as to what's going on, we are being renewed 
light that light affliction is producing. That light affliction you're going through is momentary and is producing for us an eternal weight of glory. What you're going through right now may seem like this huge weight on you, this huge weight that is covering you. And you can't see anything else, right? When we're in, when we're in a trial, it feels like there's nothing else happening in life. When we're going through it, and I don't know if you'd agree with me, it feels like nothing even, nothing else is happening. We're struggling. It doesn't even matter what's happening to the person next to me. I'm going through it. I'm going through it, man. It doesn't matter. But Paul's reminding us it's one momentary. Our lives are but a vapor. We are here and then we're not. They're light. They're light. And it's producing an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. But this is our responsibility. Verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God wants us to redirect our focus and change what we're looking at. I don't know about you. I don't know if you watch the news every single day, but I was talking to um, somebody the other day um, who told me they stopped watching the news. They stopped watching it. And you may say, you know, that's just, you got to stay up on it. You got to be in it. And that's, that's my, that's my struggle, right? I feel like I don't know. I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot of what's happening. I'm not smart enough to understand what's going on. You don't get it. You're too young. You're stupid. You're ignorant. You don't get it. Right. And obviously that's the lies of Satan, but that's what it translates to my mind. That she don't understand what's going on. You don't get it. But God has given to us his word. And his word is the light. So we do understand what's going on. And we do understand that what we are experiencing and seeing is not of this world. It is not flesh and blood, but we are fighting principalities and powers. We are fighting things that we cannot see. And that's why Paul urges us to look at the things that are not seen. Because the things that are not seen are eternal. Just like the word of God. Jesus's word is eternal. This world will pass away, but the word of God will remain forevermore. And so we do know what's going on because we have the light of his word within us. You and I have the light of his word. You may feel like you have that weight on you of your circumstance. You can't see a way out. But I want to remind you what Hebrews tells us about that weight. Hebrews 12 says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily, sin easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us lay aside. Cast your cares on God because he cares for you. Every single thing you think about that is causing you stress, worry, and anxiety in these times, the things that is causing you to be perplexed, the things that's causing you to feel like you're being pressed on every side, lay aside, give it to God. Tell God about it. How do you do that? Tell God and don't hold anything back. Don't hold anything back. Tell him exactly how you feel because he already knows and he wants you to speak to him. He desires you to speak with him. And in closing, you may say, you know, 
how am I supposed to run? How am I supposed to run this race? How am I supposed to run this race? I get it. I get it. Yes, lay aside. I tell God, but then he says to run. Run. How do we do that? Isaiah tells us, and I love this so much, Isaiah uh, 40. And this is, this is uh, in closing, my reminder to you about the God we serve. He is beautiful and perfect. Isaiah 40, verse 28. He is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Do you not know? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? does not become weary or tired. Thank you, Jesus. He does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. It's infinite. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youth grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. That is the hope we have of our God who does not grow weary. He does not get tired. His understanding is infinite. And that God is living on the inside of you, transforming you day by day, renewing you to his image, preparing you as a bride for his return. Our father is in love with you this morning and he has a ministry, his ministry of reconciliation on the inside of you. It is such a privilege and it's such a blessing and that we can be a blessing now when we go out, when we leave from here, we can share that same ministry with others who are walking in darkness and we can show them the way around because we have the knowledge of his word, his light. Man, I absolutely love Second Corinthians and I pray that you are encouraged by it this morning. I just want to pray over you uh, that God does remind you of what he's doing inside your life and how faithful he is and that he is working inside of you and he has given to you a ministry of reconciliation on the inside of you. So I just want to pray over you this morning. Father God, you know every single hurt, you know every single pain, you know every single frustration, you know every worry that we are going through. You know the fears that are in the back of our minds. God, you know the doubts that we have even about you. You know the doubts that we have about you and what you're doing in our lives and what you're not doing. God, you know our struggles. You know the sin that we have. Father, we as a body, as your sons and daughters come before you humbly casting it before you or casting our cares before you right now. Thank you, Jesus, that your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. Your understanding is infinite. You don't ever grow weary or tired. And God, you are faithful. God, I pray right now that you continue to remind us that you have given to us a, a ministry inside of us of reconciliation. And we can always remember that it was because you first reconciled us back to yourself. You loved us. Why we love you in the first place. Father, I pray for every broken heart right now. I pray for every person who is struggling with sin. 
I pray for every person who has is perplexed in this time and is at loss for what's going on. I pray for your peace that surpasses all understanding to guard their heart right now in their minds in Christ Jesus. And I pray that you would remind all of us that you are within us. You are the treasure in these broken, fragile instruments. These vessels are broken. They're fragile. We sin. We mess up. But you are the treasure within us, God. I pray that you remind us that you are faithful and you are in us and you're doing a work, Lord God. And you will give to us an eternal weight as we are going through this life experiencing affliction. God, we love you so much. And we thank you that you are who you say you are. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CCC Roswell. Learn more and find ways to get plugged in at Crosspoint by visiting our website, crosspointonline.org. There, you could drop us a line or submit a prayer request. Like what you hear? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.